Welcome, 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 everybody, to uh, another episode of The Owl Nest. This time, we finished the uh, the kickoff clash. It's all finished. Bye-bye. Stage one. It's behind us. Farewell. Howdy, howdy. It's, it's all behind us. But holy crap, watching that LAN event, that looked like uh, they were having some, it was some quality so fun good. there, right? It was so good. The it, only way it could have been better is if, if I we were, were there. there. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's true but they there were it was well attended as well outside of like those thursday afternoon matches but i mean who yeah like a, a two o'clock game on a thursday like okay you can't be expected. you can't expect a sold out <laughs> venue but like the saturday the friday evening saturday sunday games i mean it was it was packed in there there were yeah, really good fully packed crowd as, and it was just it was so nice just having a full crowd again i mean we got a little bit of that with battle of texas at in week one but i mean it was it sounded like it looked like it was crazy in there. It sounded like it was crazy in there, and that just that that's a good sign. That well, it's like watching a good play is always like really cool. But when you add like a crowd in the background just screaming, it it, it just it takes it to that next level. And and there were a lot of moments like that this week that were yeah. just you add the crowd into so it, I... and suddenly the moment becomes a lot more memorable. Oh, yeah. Like when you think back to some of like the the online moments like the 2020 like eqo blade on 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 rialto it's like if you added mm -hmm. a crowd to that 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 moment oh, so would be even better. more memorable so having the crowd was was just it just made the tournament so much more enjoyable even in games that like between two teams they're like yeah neither of these teams is going to go on to win the thing but having the crowd there made the game more more exciting made it made yeah. it more fun but you know, not every team had a equal showing. So what we want to do with this episode is just review all the twelve teams that were in the tournament, and we're I've, we've kind of just grouped them based on when they went out on the tournament. So it isn't really grouping them based on skill level. It's more or less what round they went out and just kind of talking about them. So we like we'll start we'll start at the beginning of of the tournament yeah. with the teams. And I think the, it's. I think it's important to emphasize that this isn't a tier list. No, this is this is just us speaking in order of when they went out, and uh, tier list is next week. Yes, we will wait. We're because we're talking about so many teams today. We're gonna hold off on power rankings. We're gonna do like combined region power rankings, even though there wasn't like crossplay. We're gonna do that next week because there's no matches this week. So you know we have to fill for content. So. Anyways, getting right into it, let's start with the, the three teams that kind of showed up and then immediately exited uh, in day two, the two and out teams. So we're just talking specifically about the Hangzhou Spark, the Toronto Defiant, and the Washington Justice. I want to start with the Spark because I feel like out of all of the teams that were in the kickoff clash, I feel like Hangzhou was the one that had the most disappointing showing. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, they came in as the number one seed of APAC. Although, to be fair, I wouldn't say that the Spark felt like the number one seed, like if we're being completely yeah. honest. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to note that, like, you know, all four of these teams, like we said going into last week, all four of these teams are super strong, you know, and, and, and given the right circumstance, any one of them had the, the potential to take out anyone else. And so I think Hongjo Spark just kind of got unlucky in the fact that fusion really showed up that first match and sold really showed up that second match and spark just didn't 
pop off the way they needed to. Well, and what what's interesting about Spark though is when you look at their qualifying matches, they were playing a lot of weird stuff compared to everybody else. Whereas everyone else was trying to mainly focus on like Winston and Zarya comps with like uh, Genji Soldier or Genji Reaper or just whatever kind of combos. Hangzhou was coming out and doing things like Ash Mercy. They were playing some Diva. They weren't really doing like the the standard Winston Zarya comps a lot of the time. But then when they came into the tournament, they suddenly were going into those like vanilla Winston matchups, like Mirrors. Yeah. And they just aren't as practiced on that compared comparatively in matches. So they just kind of got outskilled on those comps because they got wins off of. They aren't cheese comps, but they're just kind of unorthodox. And those kind of comps like work at first when no one expects them. But then, especially you know when everyone's screaming after a couple matches, people are going to figure out those kind of weird comps. So they just didn't yeah. work in the same way that they did in the previous weeks. So they just kind of flubbed a little bit. They put their focus into their special comps instead of. I mean, they were playing Torbjorn. It was. No one was, else is doing it, but you know, <laughs> what can you? Yeah, what can you say? I, yeah, so I I think it was it was kind of um unfortunate. I I think they looked, you know, okay at times. Like I don't think they're a bad team. Like after this week, my opinion of the Spark doesn't change at all. I I think yeah no going for going on in the season, I think they're still a top four team, and I think. I mean, in APAC region, and, and I think they're going to stay that way. Yeah, and, my and... my concern with Spark, though, is that because they they weren't really sure of, like, the meta stuff, like, the main Zarya comps, the main Winston comps, and I worry that if... And they were able to get away with some of what they did, but once the other teams started figuring out kind of what they wanted to play, Spark kind of got pushed down to that fourth spot instead of being as competitive as they were, and I worry that if in future metas that if the other teams quickly get good reads on what they think the meta is that spark won't may not be able to do that and may just try and rely on skilling you know winning by skill as opposed to team comp so they're like they see big picture and they're like oh yeah this comp will work as opposed to like small intricacies of each comp and i think mm -hmm. they may get outplayed by the other three top teams and even like valiant and chengdu probably not charge but maybe could catch up to them a little bit if they don't try and stay ahead of out of the curve yeah i could see that for sure so you know unlucky number one seed but to be fair it didn't really feel like it but fusion i mean fusion and played played them close in the in their five map series before the tournament so it's not all that surprising that fusion was able to take it but then running right into soul after that that's yeah that's not easy but seeing how soul played yeah, and and seeing how Soul played the rest of the tournament, it's like, man, Spark had. It happens. That's a rough matchup. They, they they got their one their one league point bonus for qualifying. Well, so and that being said, we did get to see, like a Torb. What was it? A four K? Almost five K. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, he did do some. And do so some I damage. I think that moment alone is is totally worth it. You know, like, oh yeah, <laughs> that mo. Okay. Sure. Yeah, the, the the quad kill from Alpha Yi, that that was worth the Spark showing. Sure enough, sure enough. So Spark went two and out, and just they lost to the Dynasty fairly convincingly, but what can yeah. you do? Uh, but then when we move over to NA, the two two NA teams that got dunked out day two were, were Washington, Washington and Toronto. 
which which one do you want to which one do you want to start we have with? to talk about them i'm just kidding uh i think there's more to talk about with washington i, th- I think okay let's well, start let's... with them i think uh i mean they looked pretty solid against the shock it was way closer than it should have been although the shock you know we'll talk wasn't about the shock a little top later tournament, but we'll get to that washington, that being said they did washington some interesting they things the well they did and they showed up in looks that we didn't expect against shock and then in their elimination match against mayhem was they didn't really play much decay they put assassin in to do most of the playtime, but it was weird because assassin was playing tracer and against yeah. the shock it looked like it was it was doing okay and then they played florida and washington went back to their typical like suddenly forget how to play the video game again and just kind of got rolled over after map one happy played yeah. well though at the very least all things considered happy popped off yeah. like always and assassin had moments but mag kind of was just left out to dry a lot of the time yeah, it's definitely it's, and and the interesting thing is playing against the shock i kind of expected a little bit of a dps diff here mm-hmm. and it didn't no seem it didn't seem like, like that. there was one the, like the justice dps line was definitely holding up against the shock um and i think that was really good and and same thing with the mayhem match i i thought the dps line for the justice looked really solid but it was everything else everything else was a little apart it it wasn't like terrible it wasn't terrible but it didn't they looked they did not look like they did against the shock when they played the mayhem they just they they just flipped they pulled out the uno reverse card on themselves and did their typical uh we give up uh, we don't but want to play the game anymore. It was Washington Justice. Did we expect anything different? No, but no. see, they keep giving hope, and I've I've had I've had enough. This team, uh, uh-uh. uh, I I'm not. I do not believe in the, until they win something meaningful. I I will not be predding this team unless they're playing unless they're playing like Titans or like Paris, and even even against Paris or like. Well, New I think York. against Paris, they're more likely to lose than against. They seem to show up when they shouldn't, and so I I think the the matches that I'll be interested to oh, see is matches? is when they go against the fuel. That that's the match we're watching when they go against the fuel or the glads because those are the matches that they might they might just squeak they out might, a win. Like they did against they Atlanta earlier. On. They shouldn't, but they could, you know. And and Fair that's enough. that's justice for you. Unfortunately, the team that Unfortunately. just doesn't know if they've been doing this forever. Like yeah, it's, this is that's why this you just, just the can't justice. be a Washington fan. Yeah, I'm glad. Like I'm, if if not. you're if you're a Washington fan, like at this point you're like losing your hair. You've gotten because fatter. They give, you, they give you hope. You're just sad because they give you hope. You get that hope, and then you just get let down time you and time lose, again. You lose. You lose to teams like Boston, but then you go and beat teams like Atlanta, and then you're 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 just confused. It's, it's Washington. Ridiculous. Washington have a pendulum, but then the third team, the Defiant. Trump the Defiant. At least with the Defiant, they're just perpetually average. Yeah. That being said, like they went against both Texas teams, which did have the land buff, but I don't think that's enough of an excuse. They, they. No, I mean, they. Well, and they it, were the worst team in the tournament. I think. Like. Yeah. I I think I can I think I can agree with that. And Toronto was even favored coming into their match against the Outlaws, and Toronto. And actually, I want to, I want to show. So, 
Toronto and Washington were both a part of the the day the Preds all got boomed, right? So like all the entire desk, like on Friday, the Custo was the only one to get a Pred right for Predding Mayhem, and then the fans, the Pickums, were the only ones that Predded the Outlaws. Every other game that day, just went against how everyone thought all of the games would go, and it was quite funny. So the Defiant, I mean, they the out they played the Outlaws in week one, and they beat the Outlaws three two, and so I guess that's probably why people predded them against the Outlaws. But I mean, the Outlaws still think that's an interesting choice, though. Like, yeah. I, I think, I mean, obviously, it's it's easy to say that now because it's over with. But I had faith in my Defiant. Outlaws. I just. Yeah, I don't know. I I just well see the problem. The problem with the Defiant is they couldn't throughout the entire kickoff clash. They never could figure out what they wanted to be, right? Yeah. Where you know, Shock settled on the Winston comps. Dallas settled on the Zarya comps. Glad's kind of played around with everything. London had their Rhine comps, but Defiant was playing Winston comps. Were playing Zarya comps. Were doing. Yeah. I mean, I think they pulled Rhine out at once or twice, and they just looked uncomfortable on all yeah, of those. Yeah, and I feel like they have the players to be able to pull off whatever they want, but they, they need to be more focused and they need to find their identity. Well, and the problem and is, when when Finale looks like the best player on their team, uh, you got <laughs> some... When Finale is the best one on your team, yeah, like, Twilight had moments, and but it's like, Twilight can only do so much. I feel like Defiant, yeah. when you look at teams like glads when you look at even like outlaws they all have like a player or two that like you can count on to pop off defiant just yeah, yeah they've got twilight but the uh, twilight's not gonna get a six you know like a, a three or a four k that's it, he's not a player yeah so they just, and i feel like toronto just, it's it's a bunch of good players but it's not a really good team no they're just always beat out they're just beat they're just outskilled most of the time because they don't have any single comp down I mean, in, in the Sigma matchup on Circuit Royal against the Outlaws, they just lost. And then the Winston comp, they lost the Doom. They they just lose uh, most comps. The only time they won was when the Outlaws waltzed out on Li Zhang with the Piggy Reinhardt. But it's like, congratulations, you beat the Outlaws. Piggy Reinhardt. Piggy Reinhardt. <laughs> like, that's, I don't... Toronto definitely was the weakest team coming in. And I think it's, it is, like, if I was looking at a team that I would have rather see London, it would have been... I would have had rather had London over Toronto because at least Washington looked okay in one of their matches. Toronto just didn't look really there, and I would have had would have rather had London because we saw a lot in this tournament. A lot of Reinhardt was just picked up suddenly. Yeah, there was a lot of Reinhardt played. So if London had I, made it, if I had to guess, I I think the deciding th like the reason why that happened is. London against the rain made teams realize that Reinhardt is actually viable. I don't know that that's true, but well, in my head, that that's my head meta. I think, and, by, and I think it makes sense by London running it like they did. It helped teams realize that the Rhine comp is actually the counter to the Zarya comp because Rhine has yeah. better point presence. You're able to split off the Zarya with the the Maywalls, and London. And I don't know teams if realize that. And I don't know was it while we were recording or was it just in a separate conversation with you that we talked about this, we talked about the Zarya versus the Rhine because we hadn't seen Zarya into Rhine or Rhine into Zarya like at all. Yeah. And we were talking about like, 
I wonder how that would go down because I, I, you know, I, I think that, and, and I think this week kind of showed that, that if you can pick up the Reinhardt and, and not run it on everything, I think yeah, London no, no, no. runs it on everything, but I mean, for the most part, but I, I, I think if you pick it up enough, it can really, um, I, I think it's an important thing to have in your back pocket. It is. It's an important thing to have in your pocket, and which is why it's like I would have – it had London made the, the tournament over Defiant, I think London – they still would have been knocked out by Fuel because Fuel's Zarya comp is just so good. And even though London is good at the Rhine comp, I think there is kind of just a skill gap there. But, I mean, if London – well, no, then London would have ran into Outlaws. So actually, London... I think there's a world that they could have beat the Outlaws, maybe. Outlaws already beat London, though. So? <laughs> because the counter to the Rhine comp is a well-executed Doomfist comp. Yeah, I guess. So, see, it's like we would have rather seen London than Toronto, but London probably I would have rather... also would have also been 2 and out. But it would have been more fun but to it would see have London. Been better. Yeah, it would have been more interesting. It would have been more, more fun, fun. Because, to see Because London. at least London has an identity. Toronto does not exactly. Toronto does not, and and, and I I think that's the one thing. I I'm not saying London's even necessarily the better team. No, and, they just are more fun to watch. You're more, more likely fun to, to root. I would rather root for London than Toronto, like ten times out of yeah. ten. They're just more fun. So oh, yeah, you know. So it was unlucky for those teams getting knocked out just after two matches. But then there were two NA teams that then they lasted one more match, but then still kind of. May they rest in Just peace. Just not quite there. So the mayhem and the outlaws. Um, I, it was a tale of two games here. Uh, I want to start with mayhem because I feel like mayhem got a little more unlucky in their match. It wasn't so much like they, they played they played Dallas. I, <laughs> yeah. What more can you can you say? They looked yeah. when they played against Washington. They were able to just beat Washington. Hydron was popping off on the Widow. I mean, so was Happy. But when Florida, had, I mean, Florida had to play. Uh, who was it? Day one, it was Florida was Atlanta Rain. Yeah, and and I think that that match is worth talking about just in the fact that the Rain last week they like I mean a week and a half ago the week before the tournament they had really rough week. Yeah, you know. They they had the beautiful London game. They played the Glads as well, right? Rolled um, smoke, and they by just the got guys, destroyed. Yeah. And and so I think coming into this week, they had the most to prove because you know everyone had pretty much given up hope on them. Yeah, um, and I, and so Florida just got they un- had a lot unlucky. to prove. And so I think Florida they just it was a rough team to go against because Atlanta they looked angry the first couple games yeah. and they looked. It's Amazing. like you, Mayhem got unlucky and had to face an Atlanta team that kind of woke up and got hot, and then they had to play Dallas, yeah. who was one of the favorites to win the tournament. So, and I wouldn't say, like, Florida didn't look bad. They just got outclassed by yeah. Dallas. And, well, so, and we've even said that they're, like, you know, a top, what, like, six team top maybe. Top six team, easy, yeah. And they'll beat the people under them. They probably won't beat probably the teams ahead of them. And, the, and, yeah. and they just got matched up against teams that were just better than them. And I, but I think, I, that... I think they can be happy about their performance, though. Because, yeah. I mean, oh, nobody sure. it, when, when the start of the season, nobody expected this Mayhem team to be the fourth seed coming into kickoff clash, like, at all. And they had good moments. Hydron especially had some great moments. And I think if they clean up some of their play, like, Sir Majed plays 
the most hyper aggro oh. Ana I've he's insane. seen in like, a long time. Like, he, he he's like the in. guy, he, he wanted to play DPS, but he didn't want to wait in queue so he just for, played Ana. for 20 minutes. So he's like, I'm playing Ana. <laughs> if Mayhem clean them, because they're a very well-coached team. Like they they have a very good idea of what they want to play and they're able to execute it really well. Like Unter is doing miracles with this team and someone is just plays everything. I I definitely think Amazing. that someone is could be considered in the running for rookie of the year just after the first stage for how he's played. So I I, I think Mayhem are have a bright future moving forward looking to the midseason madness. I think that they should be aiming for a top five, top six spot again for midseason madness. And they should be able to get it because unlike Toronto and Washington, Florida is consistent. Like you were saying, they beat the teams below them and they play close to the teams around them. And then they sometimes play up to their competition, but yeah, they're playing glads. You don't expect mayhem to beat glads, but if they're playing and I, Toronto, and I think they, they have a lot of potential too. They have a pretty young team and, they've got a lot of season left, you know, and, and if they ended up figuring things out really well and started clicking, like who knows, they could be, you know, a Cinderella run in the future. Well, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always on board with the mayhem. If there is one team that I didn't think I'd be rooting for this season that I am, it's mayhem. Same here. I want, I want the, cause it, I mean, even though they were the fourth seed, I definitely do think they're like the underdogs of, cause they, I think I've yeah. said this before. They, they remind me of, 2020 valiant you know if mm -hmm. like mcgravy and uh ksf ksp and uh was it fact fiction was their tank i don't remember who or maybe it was dreamer no it was dreamer it's just like this team put together just a bunch of you know guys just a bunch of just a bunch of bros put together on a team yeah. that was able to take down teams that they didn't have any business beating so this mayhem team i'm i'm looking forward to them moving forward but then uh, the other team that got so bum, the, bum, the bum. outlaws. See, whereas the mayhem kind of got unlucky in some of their matches, I definitely think the outlaws kind of kind of played themselves a little bit. Uh, first yeah. of all, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need Jake to tell me why the heck Merritt was playing Sombra. First off, I feel like I can their Eichenwald attack was just thrown in the dumpster with the Sombra. Yeah. But then they like were they moved away from the version of the Doom comp that was that worked for them in the kickoff early in the kickoff class qualifiers. Like before, they would run like Pelican Reaper or Pelican Tracer with Merit on Soldier, and then Iris would be playing Ana. But then suddenly they've moved over to like Tracer Reaper with Moira instead. Yeah, a but, lot of Moira. And then Shock is playing you know Finn Ana, so Dante is getting countered by an Ana. Whereas Kaluz just has free reign. There's nothing to take him out. So the outlaws just don't have what they need to to win. I mean, they were able to clutch it out against Toronto, but like Shock's not Toronto. Shock is better than Toronto. And they just couldn't yeah. they, they threw things away. And then that fight on Coliseo where Proper just lived for an eternity on the bot and they just couldn't kill him. Like this series should have gone to map five. Outlaws should yeah. have taken Coliseo, but then just dropped it. And I mean, they could have won Eichenwald if they hadn't decided they want to just play Sombra. So the Outlaws beat themselves in typical Outlaws fashion, where they pick the wrong coach. They, they're coached into the wrong comp, and then just don't swap. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the the 
big issue of the outlaws for this season. And I think it's really sad because I love Jake. I think he's awesome. Um, well, it's not just, and, this and I season. don't know that it's his fault. It's not just this season. This has haunted the outlaws just, almost every season. But I was, I was really hoping this season would be different, you know, because of some of the changes and stuff. But it's like, it's just, it's a struggle it because it, it's like they have the talent that they should be a top team, but every single time it matters, like they just drop the spaghetti a little I bit. I mean, they were able to clutch out against Toronto, but it's like, yeah, the, but it's Toronto, it's like Toronto. We didn't expect, but it's like, they, they definitely, they, they didn't play what they should have against shock. And like they, when yeah. they would play like widow comps, merit was like non-existent on widow. He would just, yeah. he would get like a pick or two. And then that was it. So, like, the Outlaws are definitely in a situation where it's, like, they require Pelican to just, they're, like, a better, a slightly more consistent Justice who required Decay to pop off. Where, yeah. you know, the Outlaws require Pelican to do some superhuman feat of carry in order to win things. But that's well, not enough sometimes. Yeah, especially because, like, if you if you look at the Outlaws showing in this tournament, they got destroyed by the glads they got destroyed by the shock the shock got destroyed by atlanta and fuel well i mean i wouldn't and... say they got destroyed by shock though it was more the outlaws destroyed themselves because like well, and... they took because they almost took map one and they threw eichenwald and then they yeah. lost 66 and then they threw coliseo like they threw two maps basically yeah well and and that's what i'm saying is, is they i i feel like they beat themselves they beat themselves, and and I think they have they they shouldn't be as bad as they are right now, and and it's it's really sad to see, and I hope well, and and the big thing is going into a tournament. The tournament, this is the time that you need to be solid in your game plan. You need to know what you're going to run. You have to know why you're going to run it, and it didn't seem like they had that confidence with with you know what they were running, and they just weren't able to. Um clutch when they needed to and it's really no, unfortunate it, it, and what worries me about the outlaws moving forward is we don't know what kind of meta specifically we're moving into with the mid-season tournament and this yeah. issue of not being able to play main tanks is gonna crop up because doomfist is not gonna work forever yeah because which the, the moment this isn't the moment doomfist oh, yeah. stops working the outlaws are not in a good spot which i've just gotta say and and this isn't exactly about the outlaws but i think now's a good time to bring it up i i think you know if if you haven't been watching like if our listeners all of you guys haven't been watching overwatch league just have been listening to shows or whatever like seriously this last um tournament was some of the best overwatch we've ever had oh i think yeah. the meta the meta is in the best place we were just talking before this like when have you ever had this much variety in tank lines where we've seen Sigma played like as a meta pick in certain maps, we've had Sigma, we've had um, Doomfist, we've had uh, Reinhardt, we've had Zarya and we've had Winston all played all with different comps. Yeah, it's Arisa like, was played. Or, yeah, no. Ball, um, <laughs> ball was also played. Ball though. was also played. Fusion and that's the thing. Play ball. So, so we've had seven different tanks make appearances. Five of them, like, 
pretty widespread, the pretty commonly. Kind of like non. The other two, yeah, the, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> wait, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Hog has Hog. had a couple single okay, hooks well, um, on. Um, the only genuine Hog use was when Mayhem decided they wanted to throw with it on week one. Well, you've had a couple teams bring it out to try some fishy hooks at the very try beginning. The, the, time, of, move, the time move yeah. Gibraltar hook. And so you'll see a couple. So, so a, a few teams have done that. And then um, every tank is. And then played. we have seen some Diva. Every tank yeah. has been played. So name another time in Overwatch League history that you've had any sort of variety like this. It just hasn't existed. Well, I think week one of last season, every hero was played. But that was one but week. That was one week. Uh, that was one week. This was a whole tournament cycle. And and when in tournament play have you seen this much variety? Yeah, Never. The variety is in week one, not four yeah. or five weeks into a stage in the actual tournament. And so so I, I think, you know, this is the best Overwatch we've ever had. It's really unfortunate, um, the circumstances surrounding Overwatch 2, because I, I think if the cards were played right, th this is the the golden age of overwatch league as a viewer and, and i just wish more people were seeing it yeah. and yeah, yeah. And, and i think this tournament like sure the the finals and we'll talk about those a little later the the finals on each side were kind of one-sided but i i think the lesson of the tournament is just variety wins out and and i think that this tournament was just amazing in that aspect and and i think teams need to adapt to this and and it's hard to do i think that's the outlaws biggest weakness is they don't have the adaptability of some of these other teams well they just don't have um, the they when you only have an off tank player kind of is difficult but yeah. i mean shock are making it work so teams are making it work i just think the outlaws put their eggs in the wrong basket they should have yeah. had piggy if the plan from the start was to only have piggy piggy should have been grinding main tanks from day one but it seems yeah. like they stumbled into the doom comp like a couple weeks before the season. And, and they were like, they, oh, let's grind this. <laughs> and I worry that that's not going to work moving forward. But they had a yeah. decent showing at the tournament. But I I mean, they did as well as we thought they would. I mean, nobody yeah. thought they would beat Shock. The fact that they beat Toronto is happy enough for them. Yeah. So we'll but if see. They, but if this is the height of Outlaws, if... if <laughs> I hope not. This first tournament cycle is the highlight of the Outlaws it'll year. Be season it'll one be all rough. over again. Oh. <laughs> it'll be rough. Which I, I don't know that that's the case. I... I do you think it would be nice if they picked up a main tank? I think it would kind of help round them them out a little bit. Yeah, but... I'm on that train that if the Atlas don't pick up a main tank, they're doomed. They're doomed because they're running doom. Uh... They say, <laughs> and they say, man. So that was mayhem and outlaws. Obviously, APAC didn't have teams that fit into that category because the other three teams. We're in a different spot, but before we go on to the teams that I considered fell just short, I want to talk about uh, the sponsor. So, Bread has no has no clue about this. I haven't come up with this. So, this episode's actually sponsored. You know what it's sponsored by, Bread? You know, you know who's sponsoring us? Um, who? Water. Oh my gosh! Water. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, water. Drink. Actually, it up. I'm not a huge fan. I'm a human. <laughs> Drink it up. You know, you just gotta I take don't... a take a swig of water. You know, the 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 deal with this sponsor, it's like it keeps us alive. That's a pretty good deal. And good the, deal. we nothing in return. We don't have to give anything in return. It just we just just H two O. Good old good old H two O. Just drink it up. Cheers. 
H2O. That was not a bottle of water. It actually is water. It's uh, sparkling water. Uh, mine's better. Okay, sure. Sure. But anyways, moving on to the next group of teams. So these are it's a group of three teams that fell just fell just short. And one of these teams is kind of not like the other. I want to start with the Atlanta Rain, who came in with a splash, honestly. Because oh, yeah. as you mentioned earlier, I mean that last week of the qualifiers, you're getting boomed by London and then getting slammed by the gladiators, they looked out of it. They looked done and dusted they looked like they'd come into the tournament and then just boom out because they just looked yeah. so easy to tilt they did not look in it and then they come in day one they take down the mayhem in convincing fashion and um i wouldn't say they rolled the shock but it didn't look but it wasn't close it was not <laughs> particularly close but then they play then they ran into the glads again got uh rolled again <laughs> in quite similar fashion and then Went into the lower bracket and had the unfortunate uh, meeting of the fuel, which yeah, also I, stomped them a little bit. <laughs> I think the lesson for the Atlanta Rain is they are the team with the absolute worst mental of any team. I swear, because like they look better this week. I mean, the, this unlike the the last week of the qualifiers where it was like the Glads were just booming on them in match chat. At least in these matches, the Glads match. They like boomed back, like it was it, it was both ways. But I do think you're right; they are the easiest to tilt a little bit. But yeah, they... and and I think when they aren't tilted, I mean, you have games like the shock game and the the mayhem game where they look like a dominant team. And and I think there's an argument to be made that they're the second best Zarya team in the West. Um, in terms of teams that mainly play it, yeah, because the thing yeah. that the 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 rain did in the last couple of weeks was they moved away from the primarily doomfist comps and they went over to the zarya comps they were like oh wait a minute we can they were they just they had an epiphany they're like wait a minute we have a flexible roster what are we doing and they actually remembered they could flex with their talented roster so they moved on from hard locking doom and went into the zarya comps and played some of the reinhardt uh, the winston dive but i mean mm -hmm. they mirrored they, like they look like a good zarya team they were able to beat shock and mayhem but then when you decide to mirror Zarya into the best Zarya team, you can't really expect yeah. to come out on top, can you? <laughs> yeah, and, and the saddest part about it for me was after their first two matches, I was full on that hope. No, I, was I, like, I, I was convinced no. that they we're had bounced back and were going to just carry on. Um, and then they started playing against some good teams. I, I think part of the problem, the shock... And we'll talk about them more in a little bit, but they weren't as strong as they normally. They they didn't look as strong as they had the rest no. of the tournament. Cycle. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason why I was like so overhyped. Was I was like, if if Atlanta just like you were huffing it, kind of low low key boomed the shock, like yeah. No. Who who are they going to lose to? And then the fuel—that's who they're the, the Glads and, and the fuel. Yeah, and and it wasn't close. No. It was it was really tragic. I I think the Glads are just, I mean, well, we'll Glads are Glads, but like they, the they were the game against the fuel was somewhat close. But then Coliseo, the fastest full push cap oh, time yeah. so far, like by a good like minute and a half. It was like a four minute cap. It was it was just over. 
it yeah. it was not a contest it rain just flamed out they beat the shock and they just went we're done we we peaked we're done and then just flamed out just rolled yeah. by glads and fuel but that being said they had some really good moments ultraviolet in particular was like single-handedly saving them in so many fights with nades and sleeps and kai on the widow on like gibraltar and stuff was having a day or multiple days i guess so like the whole team does look very strong and i mean they finished third so nothing to slouch at but like yeah. the gap between them and the only the only teams they lost to were the two that were in the finals in the finals no one else can say that nope um and and so i think they solidify like they they were a solid third place in the tournament solid third and place. i i think they uh they earned it. They they fought. They looked good, especially um, after that tragic final week of qualifiers. I think they bounced back. And and I think what this really tells us, if if you really do the math, oh no, is London Spitfire are, are the third best team in uh the West. Didn't Shock play London in the qualifiers? That, it was in the past. Um, it's, it's in behind the past. us. What really matters is the last two weeks. Well, you know, you're doing you like, never you're, look you're doing beyond the, you're doing the, the necromath the where she was saying that outlaws are better than glads because outlaws beat fuel who beat Glad. No, no, we don't do we don't do this circle stuff. All right, we don't do it's not a direct comparison. Okay. Yeah, man, I, I've got to say one of the hardest parts of the whole thing for me this weekend was okay. So yeah, the rain beat the mayhem, the but going into mayhem. that match. But going into that match, ninety nine percent chance like, of an upset says Necro. Yeah, that, that's what Necro said. Was there was ninety nine percent chance we that the rain were going to be mayhem. But and no. I still think that that was a bad take. Well, I, like no, she got lucky. She, she knew something she got lucky. we didn't. But so, I, mean, I still think it was. She, a, she knew something we didn't. I still think that there's I, no chance. I think Atlanta can walk away happy from this yeah. tournament. Oh, I yeah. think it, the it's the road's only up. Looking for it, well. Only up, they finished third. So I mean, they can't really. I, I think at this there. point, when they're looking at midseason madness in particular, if they don't, I think for the the rain, if they don't finish at least top three, top four, then it's probably a disappointing stage for them. But they yeah. might be able to make a playoff run. I think for them, the their key to the future is they just need to keep um, themselves from getting boomed, boomed. Well, and and. and well, that and then keeping up with, with staying up with whatever is going to win the next week. I, I think they, they need to keep updating the players they're playing um, and don't get held back by. Because if, if they end up like holding on to the Zarya comp longer than they should, it's going to come back and bite them in the butt. Yeah, if um, they, they can kind of get a good idea of what they want. But I mean, Atlanta, we didn't expect Atlanta to come this far into the tournament. No, not at all. But and then so, the other two teams we thought could potentially win the tournament. So let's start with the um, let's start with the shock. I, I don't want to talk about them. It's I, sad. <laughs> so shock and the qualifiers were just running the Winston comps, and they were winning against it. But then, you know, they did finish six and zero. Uh, but you look at their schedule and. They didn't. Uh, they didn't really. Uh, didn't really play anyone. Yeah, they played Glads, but that was not a very strong Glads. Like during qualifiers, yep. Glads wasn't very good. So like they beat teams like London. They beat uh, the Titans. I. Yeah. 
they were never really the best NA team. Let's let's be honest. And that was yeah. apparent in their game against Fuel. They got rolled by Fuel. I mean, we're talking like grabs in the spawn rolled by Fuel. Yeah, it was pretty tragic. I I think the shock. I mean, and this is the, the thing about the shock. They have a really young roster. They have a lot of talent in there. Um, yeah, at this point, they aren't the top team in the league. Um, I mean, outside of the tournament, they, they were. But I don't think they're the best team in the league yet. But I, I think they have the potential. And, and I yeah. think that's a big thing. And I think that potential is still there. I think going Doomfist when the last few weeks have shown that Doomfist is not the, the pick... Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't know what was up with that. Well, I, I what was weird to... is that they just it wasn't so much that Doomfist wasn't the pick because we saw Doomfist comps work. I'll be glad we're running it, but it was that they decided to just suddenly become a Doomfist team because they yeah. were playing Winston all through qualifiers, but then they come into the kickoff clash and every time they were running the non-Winston comps, they looked really uncomfortable. Like their Zarya comps didn't look too great. Uh, I don't. I think did they pull out Ryan comps? I think they might have. They just didn't look, and the Doomfist comps as, as well. They just didn't look like they, like they were. And so I, it wasn't so much like in this tournament that Shock underperformed. They just kind of came in with, we they came in and we all had them on some weird expectations because we we're like, yeah. oh, they're a really good team. But then you look at their qualifiers and it was like, no, they weren't playing very good teams and they were basically one tricking Winston. Yeah. Which isn't, you know, that's not... That, that, well, and one, once again, the theme of this tournament was... You can't one-trick. You know, you yeah, you can't one-trick anything, and, and um, unless you're London, in which case you would have won the tournament off of um, Patty. But, but hey, we'll never know that that's not true. Well, you know? exactly. So... We don't know. <laughs> London could have won. I think for Shock, though, they can... I mean, finishing fourth place in this tournament with basically having a squad full of rookies... It's not, that's not too bad. Not yeah, too shabby. It's not bad at all. Especially, and, and, and it's like your only veteran being Violet was playing main support when he's a, like parentally been a flex support player. I think they have a lot of hope yeah. moving forward. And if they just kind of well, don't and, hard lock into a comp early on, that isn't the strongest comp. Because at least with Dallas, they hard locked into the Zarya comp, which was better than most comps. And it wasn't until the tournament teams realized, oh, wait a minute, you can play Reinhardt. Whereas with the Winston comp, it's like if you played a good Doomfist, you can beat the Winston comp. If you play a good Zarya comp, you beat the Winston comp. So Shock tunnel visioned onto the wrong kind of comp, kind of like Outlaws did. But they just had a good, really good sense of how to play the Winston comp that was able to get them to the 6-0. and But then they came into the tournament and just kind of got crunched That being over. said, like they were running Doomfist into the Outlaws. Like even when the Outlaws weren't running Doomfist sometimes. And, and they weird. looked really good at it. And the shock looked pretty solid with it. Well, yeah, and, and the I outlaws think... look tragic on anything that's not yeah, doomed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I think it shows that the shock, like I, I think they went with the wrong direction for this tournament. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, I think it shows that they're willing to make um, changes. They're willing to play different comps, and they, uh, they can still compete with those. I. I think you know fourth place for where they're at right now isn't bad and i think going into future tournaments i i you know i i think at some point this year they're going to win one of the tournaments 
They should. I, if they get their stuff together, I think that they, they definitely should. Their shock kind of... I I just... I don't... I it, I I don't want to say they disappointed because we had the wrong expectations for them. They didn't... We thought they would win, but it was kind of misleading based on their record. But then, you, like, the teams they were playing... So like they well, were just, it's, it's really it, sad to see them lose against an Atlanta an Rain, Atlanta that, Rain. That lost to London the week before. Like yeah. that just feels bad. It does. It does feel bad. But they have. They but, are hopeful. But I wouldn't say yeah. that it was the most. The like they didn't underperform the most. I'd say that the biggest, not so much disappointment, but the biggest surprise was Shanghai getting rolled out because i don't know what it is with them playing fusion but they just don't know how to beat the fusion like at all yeah yeah it was a uh, it was really tragic i i think the seoul shanghai matches were some of the best overwatch league in apac this year i i think it was awesome we had two five mappers in three days like back to back pretty much um between those two and and it was awesome i think those two teams they have play styles that are just perfect for well, watching and it was one -on -one. for a large amount of the soul dragons matches they they had to have had some gentleman's agreement or something to oh, just play the weird. winston mirror uh and that you know helped help keep them close yeah i think with and and they kept they kept it close but then with dragons they couldn't quite clutch up sometimes when it mattered but like they yeah. were just mirroring soul they was like they're either both playing winston comps they're both playing zarya comps up until literally the final point of map five when they were playing on ruins against soul and soul just went no we're playing reinhardt now and just rolled shanghai in that last match yeah but i they were good matches but I feel like, you know, when you look at that map five of that final series, Profit in the second round of Ilios, map five, like Shanghai took well, and then they were on Lighthouse. And it was like, Shanghai was like, I think it was 99-99, and Shanghai were like winning that fight. Like they were on route to win that lower bracket finals to face Philly. And then Profit hit like a 2K pulse bomb that turned the head on it. So like, oh yeah, we could have been in a world in which Shanghai beat Seoul in that map five and played Philly in the finals, and got smashed and got again. Smashed again. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't live in that, and instead Philly got smashed, which we'll get to. But Shanghai, they just, they just got downloaded by Fusion. I don't really know why, but I think, and we, and I think we we see it in the Seoul match. And this is something I want to talk about with APAC in general, but even in the league, because Shanghai have this void, you know, fate switch that they have to go through like if they want to play winston comps they have to bring fate in which kind of changes up the team dynamic a little bit if they want to play zarya they have to bring void in whereas soul smurf just plays both yeah even with mayhem you know someone just plays both and fuel suffer from a very similar thing where fuel have to switch out ham hanbin to put in fearless to play the winston comps and i think that's a weakness and you see well, and like i think it also shows the other team exactly what you're going to run you exactly know, with, and i mean it's like with outlaws it's like, it's like if dante's in they're playing doom it's like they can't play yeah. anything else yeah and, and that means the other team knows like okay i'm gonna play anna and i'm gonna wait until he jumps in and then i'm gonna sleep him and we're gonna kill him yeah it just they it it less it it messes with the team dynamic a little bit but then it, it telegraphs what you're going to play so it's like when you have a team that's as good as soul who only has one tank who can play everything 
you're at a disadvantage because they don't have to change up any of their team dynamic. And then on top of that, Shanghai has publicly said that they their internet is like running out of a potato. Because if you if you noticed, Shanghai has never had player cams because they yeah. don't have the bandwidth to spare. On top of like COVID restrictions, so Shanghai, like it's not like excuses, but it's just they have like these minor inconveniences and problems stack on top of each other to not really help them. It, it isn't helping them in any way. They just aren't a professional organization like some of the others. Boston is the only <laughs> professional organization, all right? I think Toronto has said they're a professional group. I think that yeah, was they're a professional, they're a professional group. group. Uh, so uh, Shanghai, they just have some small things. And I also think, I don't know if they had like the greatest read on the meta or at least like knew what they wanted to run because they had a lot of like they would play who are you which is like if you're playing genji yeah obviously you're putting who are you over flood up but then they put who are you is playing a lot of tracer and it's like i'm looking at that i'm like why would you put who and then like he wouldn't play any genji that map he would just be playing tracer and i'm like why i don't why wouldn't you play flood up and they just were still trying to figure out when they wanted to play winston when they wanted to play zarya but I think that's yeah. a greater trend in APAC in general. Because whereas in NA, it's like you have like the the four main comps. It's like you're either playing the Zarya comp or you're playing the Reinhardt Rush to counter the Zarya, or you're playing a Winston because it's a dive map, or you're playing the Doomfist because you're just You play Doom. You only have <laughs> you wanna you believe in Dante, I guess. Whereas in APAC, you've got teams pulling out Farah, you got teams pulling out Diva, Echo, Ash, Mercy, Ball. Yeah. A lot of Widow. A lot of Widow. You've got just... They're running all sorts of weird things. I feel like APAC, and we saw it... Because whereas NA, you got to the tournament, and it was pretty fleshed out, pretty cut and dry what teams were running. Whereas you get to APAC, and you've got Spark playing Torbjorn. You've got Philly playing Ball. You've got teams... You you have Soul Dynasty not pulling out Reinhardt until map 5 of a second best of 5 series on point 3 against Dragons. So I feel like APAC in general has... Like, not as good of an idea on the meta. But, like, when you think about it, there's only seven teams. Yeah. So you have less teams to figure out the meta. And so it's, like, on a knife's edge. All the teams are so close. But whereas if you look over in NA, you've got 13 teams to, to like, work things out. And you've got a team one-tricking Doom. You've got a team one-tricking Reinhardt. You've got a team one-tricking Winston and one one-tricking Zarya. So it's, like, they have all these teams to work together. But then... APAC is still trying to figure out what they're wanting to play. Like, NA is not playing D.Va. No yeah. one's playing D.Va, but APAC well, and, and decides the big, they do. The big thing about NA, um, if you look at the comps they're running, it's like, there's, like, you'll have one team that plays, like, four different comps, but those comps are all pretty solid, like, what characters you'll see. Like, you know, if there's, a Zarya, if there's a Zarya in NA, you pair it with the reaper the reaper goes in kind of takes the role of the main tank you throw bubbles on him he gets out and and it's like you have these like you have the, 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 the cooldown rotations yeah uh but it feels like an apac it's like you'll chaos. have chaos yeah you you have azaria and then you have an ash tracer and it's like oh okay i guess this or is ash what echo we're running it's, i, I it's don't just... who do you bubble i don't know you know you'll have Anna throwing out like some of the weirdest um nanos nanos like yeah it's just it, it's it's interesting to watch i wonder if as the season evolves if things will normalize a if little bit i think I, I think they yeah. will but 
Apex yeah. it's just they don't have as many teams to scream against. But I will say, even though Apex a mess, they do have some of the best Genjis in the world. Like almost yeah. every team has a cracked Genji. Like even yeah. even Guangzhou has has choice of one. Right? Chengdu has Jinmu when he decides he wants to show up. Seoul has Prophet. Shanghai has Who Are You? Fusion, Fusion has has, has Zest. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, and has same thing Alpha with Widows. Yeah, they've all like, got like good makers. The same. You have MN3 who just popped off this weekend against Shanghai. You've got Lyft. You've got Fitz. You have Lyft. You have Fitz. You, you have Carpe when he is playing. Shows up. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's the thing. You have you have like insane Genji Widow play, and they just don't know what to do with the comp. Like yeah. Like, yeah, you may have some good Ash players, but Ash doesn't belong with Azaria on Ilios well. I'm sorry, well, Spark, and I, it just I doesn't. Think, I think it comes down to the same sort of thing that League of Legends suffers with. Mm-hmm. Like, so in, in League of Legends, I know you don't really follow it, but you have, you you have, it, it's kind of dominated by the Eastern teams. You have the, the Korean and Chinese teams just mm-hmm. kind of destroy at Worlds, and they've won every Worlds for the last, like, couple of years. But it's always interesting to watch because um they play league of legends different than the western teams the western teams um like a lot of the team play tends out it's more fleshed out the meta is always a little more fleshed out in the west Mm -hmm. especially in europe um and a lot of the asian teams they end up picking up the the meta from the the west you'll see all these team comps in the west and then the the asian teams will just follow and they're so cracked as individuals that their personal talent just sends them way above anything that the West can bring out. But if you look at like the team play, it's just it, like it, it's just different. It's not quite as strategic, and it relies a lot more on mm-hmm. on personal skill. And and I think similar things kind of happening in in Overwatch, where it's like the the personal skill of the players. Like you look at some of these players, and it's like you do widow duels, NA versus. APAC. APAC wins every single time. Same with Genji. Same with like most of the the like individual characters. But if you look at like some of the meta stuff, I, I think it's it's being fleshed out a lot more in the West than the East. Okay. I'll let that one I'll let that one go. That's certainly and a I, take I've heard. And I'm saying I'm saying like like if you take the average so let's oh, say the average. The average okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, the average the average Widow, Widow player, and Genji in APAC will beat yeah. the average NA one. Okay. No, like the then, absolute yeah. and, and same thing's true with pretty much every individual character. Um Um probably not Zarya players, but I mean, but in, I get what you're talking about. Like those a, yeah. APAC is just kind of a mess. They don't know what they want to do with their teams. They just have characters and he, like, players that they want to try and yeah. they just and, put and people I think, in comfort heroes is what it's doing. That's yeah, what APAC and, and is, just comfort when heroes. It comes down to it, and when it comes down to it, that might be the way to go with Overwatch too. Potentially. With only with one less tank, a DPS especially, have more. So we'll have to see what things move on to with the future tournaments and if APAC even cleans up their their mess at all. But we you know shanghai kind of they just because they didn't know how to play against fusion basically what should have been the grand finals ended up being in the losers bracket and so let's let's talk about the the two grand finals i want to start with apac and what could have been had seoul and shanghai had shanghai beaten fusion we would have had a seven map series guaranteed that would there's no way seoul shanghai doesn't go to seven maps 
But instead, yeah, I mean, they've shown that they always instead instead we got a four map snooze fest. Like Philly, just was just beat. It was it was they got omega crunched by Soul. It was it was kind of tragic to watch. Profit just ran circles around this team. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I I feel like in a lot of ways, Soul is very similar to Shanghai. But you watch them play against Fusion. You watch Shanghai play against Fusion, and then you watch Seoul play against Fusion. It's too very and it's different. Like, yeah, Seoul looks like they're by far a better team, but they play against each other, and it's always close. And so it's 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 really interesting to see this kind of like, like I don't know, Fusion. It, it's hard to get a read on Fusion because the inconsistencies with the teams that play against them. Well, and the problem with so. Fusion, I mean, yeah, Fusion does have a lot of rookies. It's like shock, right? I mean, in second place for a team of basically all rookies is second place is pretty good in APAC, but having a bunch of rookies in these kind of crunch time situations, they make a lot of errors. They'll yeah. kind of use ults a little funky in fights. I mean, like in the spark match in in the qualifiers where they had four ults going into route 66 and they just flubbed it. Like it, they just kind of, they they aren't able to clutch up like Seoul and yeah. like Shanghai are, except Philly just has Shanghai's number. But against Seoul, they just got bodied. Like Seoul, oh, yeah. well, Seoul has Seoul has some of the most you know heavily decorated players players in in, in the world. You you yeah. have you know you have Smurf, you have Prophet, you you have Fitz, you have these names that everyone knows, you know, everyone that knows anything about Overwatch knows these names. And there's a reason. They're they're just absolute crack when, when they need to be. And, and I think you know the Soul has had some you know really good looks this year. They've had some really mediocre looks this year, but I think when it comes down to it, they're a team that knows how to clutch it when it, when it matters. And, well, and I think that's any team with profit on it will just win yeah because and, profit, and profit and smurf are like i i said this last week but that dive needs to be regulated isik needs to come in and regulate that dive because <laughs> it's just it's incredible as much as zest and mn3 were popping off profit and the rest of dynasty like vindime on the lucio was getting frags that a lucio shouldn't be getting he was just going in he's just going and getting all sorts of kills and like in past weeks you know Soul looked a little iffy on Zarya comps, like Smurf wasn't. Smurf looked very uncomfortable on it, but I mean, he's yeah. improved a lot. I mean, they were still outplayed a little bit by Shanghai, but I mean, Void's an off tank player, so can't expect Smurf to outplay the actual Zarya player. But they just got really good with determining the comps they wanted to play on each maps, even against Shanghai. It's like, you go to King King's Row, you're playing Zarya. You're going to Gibraltar, you're playing Widow Winston, you know? And they got really good at figuring out those kind of comps, and it just showed against Fusion. Fusion were just outclassed yeah. in every sense of the word, and Fusion continue to be cursed to forever finish second place. Yeah, It was tweeted yeah. out that Fusion have the most second place tournament finishes out of every team. Three, that sounds about right. Three more second place finishes than the next closest teams, and there's like three or four <laughs> that have two. They have finished second place five times. Yeah, that sounds about right. And they've never have have they ever won? No, they have never won. It's just second place. So it's like season one, they they got reverse swept by NYXL in stage two. They got blown out by London in the grand finals. And then in twenty nineteen they didn't do anything, I don't believe. 
2020, yeah. I think they were second place in second place. It was second place of the Summer Showdown, right? Where Sparkle just went nutso on the Genji on Paris. And then last year they had like the miracle run in the May Melee where they actually had like their full team with like Poco and, and Funny Astro and stuff. And they play second to Dragons. And then they That's... do it again to Soul Dynasty. They're just cursed. They just, they're never, they're second place. You can't, Philly's just not going to win. It's just, it's not yeah, possible. That, that being said, better second place than uh, like Third. fourth or not making it into the tournament or mm, anything. That's, you know? that's like, true. Second's not a bad place to be. And, and so I, I think they should be happy with the way they played. I, I think, you know, coming into this week, we had some questions about Fusion because um, they they didn't look amazing. Very inconsistent. So, yeah, yeah. It's like the first week they dominated. Second week they had some real weaknesses. And I think this tournament they they showed that they're pretty good. Uh, I mean, they got wrecked by Soul, but I mean, I I don't think that it. I I think it more shows how good the dynasty were, and not that the fusion were bad. You know, I I think the fusion deserved their second place win here. Well, and I mean, like I mentioned earlier, we could have been in a world where fusion win it because Prophet doesn't hit a two K pulse bomb in map five against the dragons. Yeah, which is just like, and you mentioned it's just so weird that fusion could three O dragons, but then get dunked on by Soul, who went to map five against the dragons. It just it doesn't add up, but it just shows how close APAC is. Because whereas NA, it's just everyone's just running. It's just like there's a there's a clear hierarchy in NA, but in APAC, it's like. You've got weird. You can get four would yeah. by one team, but that team map, you know, goes to map five against the team that you could probably four zero. It's just really weird. But it is disappointing that we ended up with another four zero grand finals. Like I was really hoping we would have gotten a seven map because if Shanghai and Seoul had played in that finals, it would have gone to seven. There's no way it wouldn't have. When both of their matches go to map five, if you go a best of seven, they're going to seven. So it's like. I, Fusion make the case to be the second best team in APAC, but only because they somehow just know how to beat Dragons. But when Dragons and Soul play, you know you're every time you're guaranteed yeah. a really good match because they're just two of the best teams. But then we go over to NA where it's like two best teams in NA. This is what we want. We want the matchup, and what do we get instead? We get a flattening, a putting out of the fire, the fuel. Did they even show up to the game? That being said, I I think that. Like this match, although it was a 4-0, I think it, it's the best 4-0 we could have gotten. And the reason why is so the thing I in my mind, the perfect esport, it has variety within it mm -hmm. of, of what comps you see. Um it has, you know, good strategic layers as to when you bring out what. Mm -hmm. It has moments that just people pop off and are crazy and, and a lot of hype and stuff and, and i feel like this was kind of the match to determine what overwatch 2 was going to be and maybe it's not that big but in my mind it's like this match is, is that so you have dallas fuel who are the best zarya comp zarya is kind of seen as you know the meta coming into this week mm -hmm. it, it, zarya is the comp to play and Dallas Fuel, they come out, they're the best with Zarya, they beat everyone else in the tournament, you know, besides the Gladiators, in, in a pretty dominant fashion. They 3-0 or 3-1 everyone except the Gladiators, and they just get stomped by the Glads Twice. who are willing to play, who are willing to play different comps on different maps, 
all the time. And and it's like Glads are are playing the Overwatch I want to see, and the Fuel are playing the Overwatch I'm used to seeing. And the and one, I the I, one comp beats all. Yeah, and and I love the fact that that the Glad showed that Overwatch Two is going to be a game that has variety in it, and, and I hope that that's that's true in the future. And and I think that alone makes this tournament like so so great. The fact that that Gladiators are the team that won, and, and in such a dominant fashion. I think if it is closer, you would see a lot more teams moving into the just picking the the meta team and and sticking with it but i think the glad showed that you can have variety in your comps and Mm -hmm. and be anyone and that's exactly what they did they didn't lose a single match and like the thing with with glads is like they they're playing a bunch of different comps but their understanding of these comps is insane like as soon as they flip over to the rhyme you know may comps they immediately everybody on the team just dials in potapon's may was incredible but then when they yeah. swap over to like the Doom comps, the Zarya comps, like they they fixed they fixed their soldier problems. Like kudos to Potapon for turning it around because I mean a couple of weeks ago we were like yeah Glad's issue is their their use of the soldier is just not great. They're not getting a lot of value out of nano visors or out of anything like that. They come into this tournament and Potapon's running circles around everyone and Kevster continues to just be the god he is on like any you know hero he plays. Yeah, and I I think the like one of the things that that stuck out to me was the fact that I totally lost my train of thought. This is terrible. Oh, that stood out to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it it was a very important point too. I I just think the glad oh, well. glad glad showed us that you know if you have a clear understanding of all of the comps that can be played in like the rock because Overwatch has largely always kind of been a rock paper scissors game but you don't usually have most of the time teams aren't able to learn all of the comps you go back to 2019 it's like goats was it yeah there were ways to beat it with triple dps but it took teams forever to learn how to do it and only like one team learned how to do it but it's like you either were a triple dps team or you were a goats team you weren't really both but glads in this tournament and just the first showings of overwatch 2 it's like no you can master all the comps you need and well, and I, I think the thing that I, I just remembered what I was going to say, it was it was the fact that when they first introduced um, the hero bands, mm-hmm. like one of the biggest complaints people had were it's not possible possible for teams to master that many characters in, in order to have the variety that's needed for hero bands. And, and I think the Glads came out and just showed, look, you might not like it but it's possible and it's doable and and if you have the right players in the right circumstances and and we'll see you know who knows maybe the gladiators will burn out maybe they'll show that like maybe this isn't the happy story maybe this is the sad story waiting to happen where it's like gladiators are returning (laughs) the gladiators where it's like yeah you might do well with this short term but long term you can't sustain it Mm mm-hmm because I don't know how they're putting in the time, but they don't even have access to the game as much. No, as, they as... literally are putting this together in scrims. So, so it's like the fact that they're able to do this is just mind-blowing. And maybe it's just that everyone's playing the comps at a slightly lower level than they would be able to if they had more time to the I, play. I don't know. To play the game. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the evolution of the game. That, that now it's possible to do... 
yeah. master everything. And and I think the gladiators the gladiators are just are just better. They are actually yeah. like a like actually a tier above the next closest team. Like when you 4-0 the second best team in your region, that says a lot. Well, and and the second best team like by a mile, the the team that only they like outside the of playing them lost a single map to the third best so team and the fourth yeah. best team. Yeah. And so it's like there's Dallas. I mean, there's so there's Glads, then there's like a mile and then, then there's, there's the Dallas, tool, and, and then, then there's, there's like a mile, mile, and then there's everyone else. It's 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 crazy that gladiators are just so much better than fuel, and they just showed such a good understanding of the Doom comps, of the Rhine comps, of the Winston comps. But then on Dallas' side, I mean, this has kind of been Dallas's thing. Like last year, it was the same way. They really just they find the comp that works, and they just they go down. They go down with the ship. They are a captain with the ship, and this time it was the Zarya comps. Yeah. And they just go all in, and as soon as they well, get countered, it's like, well, we. They just get. It's so going to be good. interesting to see what they do next week, though, because I I think Dallas, you know, seeing the Dallas, because like they were the team that you know, according to all the rumors, they're the ones that kind of came up with came the Winston comp, and but by the time the season started, they had sorry, <laughs> yeah, they had kind of moved away from that. And so I wonder if coming into this next tournament cycle, they've moved on from the Zarya and are going to come out with something else. Well, no, can they, the they were the ones that came up with the Zarya comp. They were, yeah. well, yeah, it was because it was Hanbin that was saying they got it from APAC, which APAC was running. It was it was weird. I don't know. But Dallas, like they stuck to the, the Zarya comp and they ran it into the ground. They ran the fuel stonks into the ground and they finished second. It was yeah. like a very convincing second. But they got boomed on by flexibility. And Dallas kind of always has that sort of problem. And I mean, and I was talking about this with Dragons. It's like they have two tanks. If they want to play dive, they have to sub out Hanbin, who is their better tank. Well, and it's really interesting because coming into this season, we thought that the teams that had one of each had one of each was, was at an advantage. But if you look, it, it seems like the teams that have a single player that's willing to to learn either kind of all learn of the everything. roles in their role or learn everything. So like with Glads, like Reiner was learning Winston, Ryan, Doomfist. Yeah. And like Shock, Kaluge was having to, to flex off and we saw that cause problems a little bit because he was just playing Winston. So it's like the yeah. teams that have one player who is mainly playing all of the tanks that they need to play. Like you don't have to play all of them, right? Reiner's not having to play Zarya and Diva. He's just three tanks: Winston, Doomfist, Rhyme. That's it. Yeah. And but whereas the fuel, they have to sub, you know, Fearless and Edison, and I mean Fearless and Hanbin in and out, and it messes with the team chemistry a little bit. But that being said, like Fuel's dive comps look a little shaky. Like that was, I thought that was gonna be if like if Shock were to have beaten Fuel, it would have been them taking, and even Atlanta was taking Dallas to maps where they have to sub Fearless in. But instead, they just kept playing against Hanbin. It's like, you're going to lose against Hanbin unless you're Glads. But, like, their yeah. dive comps, it's like Gurio on the Widow. Like, against Toronto was looking good. But then the rest of the tournament, Gurio was not getting a whole lot of value out of the Widow. So, like, if you beat Dallas, you put him on to dive. Because only Glads seems to have figured out how to beat their Zarya comp. Because if you try and mirror that Zarya comp, you're you're asking to lose. Just get yeah. it. It's a guaranteed loss. Done and dusted. Get out of there. So, Dallas... Have some things to figure out. I think they will. Like, Rush is a great coach, and Dallas is just a good team. So, like, they finished second, though. 
It's not yeah. like they finished. Like, no, they, and, they, and like, they were. They it were was a, a convincing, dominant, dominant second. They, yeah, but I, they, I think if they want to catch up to Glads, they've got they got some work to do. Yeah, and and I think at this point, what what I I've kind of seen is is you need to have five players that as a unit can play some sort of dive and some sort of brawl given the circumstance mm-hmm. and, and that they can switch that on a dime. And I think the gladiators had that the fuel didn't. And, and I think that's why the gladiators won. Yeah. But then the question, the question comes, are the gladiators the best team in the world? Right. So we're looking at glads against soul because fusion and Dallas both got stomped. So they can't, they can't be in contention there and Shanghai didn't make it. And it, I, if glads and soul played right now, who would you who would you take in that matchup? I think I'd take Glads. I also think I would take Glads because Soul, like I talked about earlier, I don't think APAC has as good of an understanding of the meta. And like Soul weren't playing they were playing Zarya Comps and they were playing Winston Comps. And like they pulled Rhine out once or twice, but Glads like went all in on the Rhine comps, went all in on their comps and understand how to run them. And even though Soul has like profit, Glads have Kevster. Yeah. And Potapon. Well, and, and that's the thing. I feel like the one of the biggest differences is soul they don't have like a consistent read on the meta Mm-mm. but they rely on on individuals popping off and they have individuals that do pop off the glads they do have the consistent read of the meta they have consistent team comps and they have players that pop off they just, and, and, I, and i think I, and I think that's what sets Glads above. Like it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think it would be super one-sided, because I no, I don't it'll think be close. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I anytime you have fits and profit and Smurf on a team, it, it's not going to be an easy win. You know, like that's just yeah, they're insane. And, and so I think it it would be a close match, closer than either of the finals. Oh, definitely. Um, not that that would be all that hard, but take uh, one map. <laughs> Yeah, but I and I I think it'd be interesting to watch though, and I'm excited to see see um, how things go moving forward. Goes. So yeah. yeah, kickoff clash was just so much fun. We had some good matches, just a diverse meta, and I I I genuinely think I think uh, had had London not been one tricking Reinhardt, I genuinely think there's probably a chance that Reinhardt doesn't creep didn't doesn't creep its way in. Yeah, I so I, I, I think, think London did Glad's a favor. So, in a way, London won the kickoff. Clash. The the idea of London, part yeah. of part of and, London, and, and that's the thing is is the thing about London. London isn't just a team. London it's is an, an idea. idea. <laughs> London is a lifestyle. London is London is so is much bigger. <laughs> it's so much bigger than just overwatch oh you know my goodness it's it's the the whole future of esports rests on wait 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 okay and it's because they're part of c9 and c9 owns the world c9 is perfect c9 is amazing oh i can't believe that even in, in a tournament where london didn't even exist in it we still talked about them because I, they I, won I, because no. <laughs> because if it weren't for them I, I honestly don't think teams would be running the Rhine as much no, as they did. No, I don't did. think I, they I would, think, no. And, and the fact that even, like, two weeks ago, um, Atlantic all pissed off and they, like, tweeted saying, you know, that... The Rhine comp is just... The no Rhine comp was it. trolling. And it's like, 
you look at this tournament and and I'm not saying Ryan was the like Ryan obviously wasn't the most played tank or anything, but he made appearances and the times he made appearances, he like he had a place in the meta. Well, I mean, you take the, you, if you take the Ryan comp out of the Gladiators arsenal and I don't think they roll the fuel because suddenly yeah, the glads so don't have a counter to the Zarya comp. And and that's a big thing is is yeah, it, it it's the perfect counter for Zarya and and I think London's the one that exposed that. And I yeah. think it's amazing. So, uh good job go London. London. You helped good the Gladiators job, win even if it was only a partial part of their arsenal comp arsenal. Good job, London. We wish you had made job, the tournament London. to have gotten rolled instead of Toronto. Or to, to have won something. What? Because, okay, because there's a world where they go against the fuel. No, no, and no. Uh-uh, we're the not fuel. Going, no, no, we're not going down because, that rabbit hole. Because Glad's... Moving on. Glad, you, you just said that it was the Reinhardt that beat the fuel. So I said it was partially the Reinhardt that beat the fuel. The Glads were also playing Doomfist that was beating the fuel as well, and they were playing good Winston comps. It's in the King's Row specifically, most specifically, is where the Reinhardt comp was working. And and so there are situations where, depending on on the way map picks went and stuff, that London could have potentially they wouldn't have beaten at least put up a fight they against taken a map fuel. at max. So I mean. Well, since we'll never really know, I'll say they definitely would have won, and and no one can can argue that. No one can say otherwise. Yeah, and so that that's the reality. Anyways, well, that was all the matches in the kickoff clash, and as we said, we're gonna hold off on a combined region power rankings till next week, so we're not like dry for content. So we're gonna move right on to the final part of our episodes, play of the week. Personally, in my mind, there was only one play that was like probably the most hyped moment in the tournament, and that that came at the hand of Pelican going just super saiyan against the Defiant. Like, yeah, actually decided he was like, no, I'm not losing this game. We are winning this, and it like wasn't even a map five. It was just map four. But if this if yeah. if this Outlaws Defiant game goes map five, Outlaws lose. That's that done and dusted. It's over. But then Pelican just he 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 just puts the team on his back. I mean, Iris also had almost died. Like he slept Hoppa to get Nano to then give it to Pelican to then pop off. But like the crowd was going crazy. Mitch oh, yeah. was going crazy. And it's like you take this moment and you don't have it be on land. I don't think it's as memorable because you don't have the yeah. crowd behind it because the crowd was going nuts i was going nuts watching this game <laughs> during this play i was going nuts it was so flipping hype and it, it was just one of those few moments where it's like push as a game mode has its problems yeah but like both both of the outlaws matches where it went to push against defiant and when it went against the shock were just super hype because in this one the outlaws clutched it out and the one against the shock, the outlaws dropped the spaghetti all over the floor and couldn't kill proper. So I, yeah, it's like I, push gives moments like this where it's, well, when it's super I, close. I think the thing about push that's so beautiful is is because it's so snowbally. Teams play it different because they know if they like get if they start losing fights, they just lose the map. You just call it. Yeah, it's just over, you know? And, and so I think teams play it a lot more carefully until they can't. And it gives opportunities for, like, really clutch stuff. Like, it's it 
it's beautiful. It's amazing. It, it, it was just awesome. And I hope we get more moments like Pelicans Hanzo, Nano, Nano Hanzo, like five or six. I mean, he got like five or six kills in that. And, and it was just crazy. And I hope we see more of that as like the season progresses and we just get more and more crazy moments where with the crowd, because I mean, we've got LAN, a LAN event for summer showdown in Toronto. Unfortunately, Midseason madness is online, but we're, we're still waiting on word for playoffs and grand finals, which if they're not in person, it would be a huge, it would be tragic. huge letdown, honestly, to not yeah. have the playoffs and the grand finals be in person. So We'll have to see, but I mean, this week just showed that LAN events are back, and when they happen, people want to go, because mm -hmm. the LAN environment, I have been to a LAN event for Overwatch League back in 2019, three years ago, to the when the Dallas Steel had their first homestand, and it was crazy, <laughs> and I hope that I get a chance to, to go to one of the, the LAN events this season, so yeah, with that, Kickoff clash, click kickoff clash. Wow, I can't speak. Is behind us. Now we look forward to the midseason madness. To hopefully more Overwatch two beta content announced next week. Uh, so next week there are no matches this week. So next week will be largely news roundup of things that's happened in the, over the past week with teams, with signings, uh, and then also just a combined power rankings. So one tournament down, three to go. We're we are oh, yeah. a, qu a quarter of the way through the season nice and yeah thank you guys for watching sticking with us you guys that have been with us since the beginning oh you're the real weeks. ogs real ogs and uh we look forward to bringing you guys more content uh we're gonna take a little break it's gonna be like uh six days until <laughs> our <laughs> yeah uh, another six but, but... days until we have another i know it's a long time you know but we'll get but, um keep an keep an eye open for that when we do come back because uh it's going to be it's <laughs> going to be Wednesday. back next week and <laughs> and we're just going to come back even more invigorated and and more excited so it's going to be great so keep your eyes open and yeah it's going to be groovy we'll see you all next week bye bye <laughs>